I have a dream that all men are created equal. Welcome back to your story. I'm your host Ian Kath and this is episode 18. I'm back from Melbourne and I'm really excited about the story I've got for you today. Unfortunately I wasn't able to get all the shows out while I was in Melbourne. I am still getting to learn how to be efficient with the editing process and this particular episode was a case in point because I've got some video content which I want to get out to you and it's taken a little while to knock that into shape. But as with every episode, I get a little bit faster and a little bit better as I go. That's all what it's all about. It's all about the learning process for me. As a matter of fact, I'm using my laptop right now as I speak to you. I am still wanting to get my mobile set up more efficient. And even though I've got my desktop unit and all my recording gear over on the desk over there, I still want to use my laptop so that when I go to Europe in July and August, I'm a little bit more efficient. And I'm still resolving a few problems. As a matter of fact, last night I had some major problems interfacing my H4 recorder, which I'm speaking into right now, with my laptop, and I had to go and download some software and reconfigure it, and it's actually working like an absolute treat. This is sounding quite good. So I'm really quite pleased with the way things turned out, and uh, I'm getting on top of it bit by bit. Just before we get into the show, the site is yourstorypodcast.com. Remember there's an email link? That's chat at yourstorypodcast.com. And at the bottom of each post, you can make a comment. I uh, know that you're out there. I'd love to hear from you. You can also subscribe to iTunes or you can get the feed direct. So you can put it through your aggregator or whatever you want to use. It's, uh, it's all over there at the site and there's bits and pieces. I'm starting to put photos up. I'm going to be putting links through to maps where I'm traveling and all that sort of thing. So it's getting more and more dynamic as I put more things on it. If you've been living under a rock for some time, you may not have heard that Nine Inch Nails have released their latest album for free download. It's available in multiple formats, everything from MP3 to really huge WAV files. So you can use it in any way you want. You can listen to it, you can remix it. They've asked people to republish it, do whatever you wanted with it. And I've taken that opportunity to uh, basically grab the track Discipline off the album The Slip and use it for this episode. So I basically want to say to everybody involved to the group and everybody around them thanks very much i think this is an amazing new business model for artists and it's going to lead to some interesting places i think ultimately by giving the music away for free what's going to happen is they're going to end up with a larger fan base and more people are going to go along to their shows and uh, ultimately they'll probably make a lot more money because the major record companies are being cut out of the loop and the way they've been gouging artists for years i can't actually think that's a bad thing I've always found body ornamentation quite fascinating. Scarification, tattooing, piercing, all that sort of thing. I don't participate in myself, I don't have anything. 
but I've always found it interesting and I often ask people with tattoos if I can have a look at them because so many of them are absolutely stunning pieces of art. Well, a couple of years ago, I took my, at the time, very young daughter to an exhibit of body modification in Sydney and saw some outrageous things, things I'd never ever considered possible that people were getting up to. Well, this general interest of mine led me to meeting a young woman by the name of Mel. And I met Mel working on a film in early 07. And when she turned up, I was struck by... She's got a body covered in, in tattoos and metal and she's into this thing quite seriously. So when I decided to go to Melbourne, I knew that Mel was one person I had to contact and get her onto the show to explain to us her interest in tattooing, piercing, body modification, that whole scene. I want to understand why the need and desire to do these things, to shape and decorate their body, to change it, to modify it, and particularly to change and modify a perfectly healthy body that's functioning fine into something else. And as it turns out, as we prepared to get to do the show, she was also ready in herself to get her first scar cut. So she asked me to come along and watch Tim cut a scar for her. So I grabbed my camera and I videoed it. And as part of today's show, there's actually a little video that I've knocked together of that scar being cut. It's quite an amazing thing. And I, I strongly recommend you go over to the site and have a look at it. It's just outrageous to watch somebody actually having their skin cut intentionally. She's also mentioned that she's into suspension. So she's given me quite a few photos that I've also put on the site to uh, have a look at some of this amazing piercing and suspension that she does. I r recommend you go over and have a look at it. But I'll give you a warning. They're very intense shots. There's, you know, Some people might find, find it quite confronting. So if you're... A, a little bit squeamish about the whole thing of penetrating parts of your body with lumps of steel. Uh, maybe you want to steer clear of it. But if you're interested, it's all over on the site. And the site, yourstorypodcast.com. So go and check it out if you're interested. Anyway, hope you enjoy it. This is Mel's story. Monday the 19th of May. 2008 and I'm sitting here with a friend in Melbourne who I met on a movie about 18 months ago we met didn't we? Yep. Yeah. And the very first time I met Mel she turned up wearing all of this all this <laughs> body ornamentation of tattoos and metal in her body all over the place and I was quite <laughs> fascinated by it and I've asked her to come on the show so we can talk about tattooing and yeah, specifically a bit of the lifestyle that she's chosen to sort of play. <laughs> so, um, and um, we'll talk about a few things about that. So, hello Mel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, your accent is fairly obvious to anybody once that we get into this. Where are you from? I'm French, although lots of people think that I'm German or Dutch. Um, well, yeah, I come from northern suburbs of Paris, a very, very boring place where the favourite activity is to burn cars, usually. Oh, okay. You're actually a really nice person. I've heard most French Parisian people are quite horrible, arrogant people. Yeah, well, they are. That's why I'm here. Ah, okay. Because you're a nice person you didn't fit in, eh? Uh, no, I'm not nice. I just hated them. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a bit hard to live with French people. Really? Yes. Okay. So how long have you been in Australia? It's been, uh, it's been three years in February. Okay. So what, last February? This February, so yeah. Yeah, so it's been over three, three yeah. years now. Okay. And you're how old? 25. 25. Yeah. And we're sitting on Monday right now, and mm -hmm. last Thursday night, I took a bit of video yep. 
of you going through a little procedure. And I'm going to eventually put this up on the site, folks. So here's a bit of um, motivation for you to go over to the site. Um, what was happening to you? Well, I got a scarification done on my ribs <clears throat> by a friend of mine. And, um, well, I got this silly cutting that if you want to know what it's all about, you're going to have to watch the video. Yeah. Because if I say it, she's going to lose all its interest, really. <laughs> you have to see it. So a bit of a cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yep. it's wild stuff, folks. Go and have a look at it. <laughs> and you're into this scene, aren't you? Why? Why you? Um, and I'd like to get a couple of photos of your tats mm-hmm. and stuff too. Um, how many tats you got? Um, I've got uh, all right. I've got half on my back. I've got another piece on my back. I've got two on my wrist. I've got my sleeve. I've got uh, behind my ears. Well, that's your, it. Your neck. Um, yeah. yeah. You got the dice on your neck. Yep. Um, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, seven tats. Yeah. And oh, actually, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the knuckles. And you've got your knuckles. So, yeah. And you've got two one-inch grom- uh, one yeah, grommets. I just have one, actually. I've got my right ear, which is at one inch, and the other one, which is at 18 mil at the moment, yeah. uh, stretches. Not scalpel, just stretches. Just stretches. Yeah. As well as uh, you've got... Three, four piercings in your left, right eyebrow. You've got a top lip piercing. You've got a tongue piercing. I notice you've got a navel piercing. Yep. And so I've got one nipple and I've got a vertical, um, horizontal hood, sorry. Horizontal hood. And the nape. Oh, and you've got one in your, yeah, your nape. <coughs> that's in your back. Yep. Just a, a, around your spine. On the spine. On your spine, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's like a piece of wire that doesn't seem to, just sits in there. It's got... Yeah, it's a, legs, U, it? it's a U-shape um, piercing, and I used to have this, a similar sort of thing, but um, reverse called pocketing on my chest as well, so I had two sort of staple-looking We're piercings. We're on your staples, on, oh, my, on your sternum. On my, yeah, no, not on the sternum, just, um, just above the breasts, literally, um, okay. in between the collarbones and the breasts, okay. sort of. So you've got all this metal in you, mm-hmm. and you, you're not, it's not as though you're hard on the eye, you're a good-looking woman. Um, yeah. why, why? Okay, tell me why. Okay, because um, it makes me look like I feel like I should be looking like. If it does make sense, it's hard to explain. It's when did, when, of, when did you get your first tattle piercing? I got my first piercing. I was thirteen. Okay, where? Uh, that was my eyebrow. This one. Okay, that barbell so, three yep, eyebrow. Okay. Still there. And shortly after I got my lip that I don't have at the moment. Um, Your bottom lip, yeah, I noticed yep. that you've got a, a little scar there where it's coming yeah, out. Yeah, because I had a 5 mil labret, but then it started hitting on my gums and uh, started to literally um, destroy my gums. So okay. I'm leaving this alone for a minute, and um, later on I'll come back, probably do a cutting on this and get a lip plate. Okay. But that's another story. Okay. Okay, so 13, you got your first piercing. And yep. Yeah. How old were you when you got your first tat? I was 17, actually. I waited a bit. The first big tat, I've got a small one on my ankle that I got when I was, yeah, um, close to 14, but that's a bit different. Um, I got my first big tattoo, which is a big scorpion on my back, uh, for my 17th birthday. Okay. Which I banned myself. I was very proud of this. Okay. And I put it straight in the middle of my back to make sure that I won't have any other one. It didn't work. <laughs> didn't work at all. I ended up with this huge piece on the, in the middle of my back. It's like, damn it! Should I thought about this better? Should have known. So, what, what have you done with that now? 
Um, it's still in the middle. I just um, surrounded it by another big oh, okay. piece. And okay. yeah. So why? Why then? I'm asking this specifically because a lot of people listening to this don't do tattooing, oh, piercing, or body modification. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's me. Because it's it feels right. Because it makes me um, makes me feel like I'm complete. I'm not complete yet because I don't have everything that I want to. It just makes me feel like I'm myself. And um, I find myself a lot more beautiful with tattoos and piercings and body modifications than without. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If I could magically remove the tattoos mm-hmm. and remove the piercings, would you feel naked? Yes, and I did. I had to remove some of my, well, pretty much all of my facial piercings several times for, you know, job interviews and stuff. And then one day I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm not going to hide who I am. Um, and I just felt terrible. Really terrible. That was bad. It was really, really bad. Right. So, um, no, nah, it just doesn't suit me with that. But mind you, I go through phases. Some, sometimes, I mean, I went through a few months with... Um, no interest at all in, in piercings and I took some of mine out and then it was like no, I needed them so I put them back in if, if you remove them will they heal up? some of them would close up some others won't I mean like I had these uh, my nose done for I didn't keep it that long I kept it about 8 or 9 months um, but then <clears throat> I don't know I just didn't feel like it was me mm-hmm. because lots of people started to have it and uh and I did it for, you know, just for the hell of it. Um, and I removed it, and it's still there. I can still put a jewel in eight years later. Oh, okay. Uh, my lip, though, is a bit different because I went from a small gauge to a large gauge to a small gauge again. So I can still put, fit something through, but it's not that good. And and few others, I just can't put anything there anymore. Okay. Are you weird? Uh, people think I'm weird, yeah. No. Yeah, people think you're weird. Are you weird? I don't know. I'm I'm fairly normal actually. What do you do for work? I'm a stuff maker. <laughs> I'm a stuff maker. I make stuff. Um, I'm a model maker slash sculptor slash um, yeah stuff maker. Yeah, yeah that's, how, things. that's how we met working in the yeah. film industry making stuff. Yeah, yeah. and also sort of work for um, the motorcycle industry. I just started a small business with um, two business partners and we build motorcycles. Mm. So it's completely different. Yeah, and that was Craig who um, was on a previous episode of this little podcast. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the philosophy and the the reason behind all this Mm. stuff, you know, all this ornamentation. Well, that's... That's funny. That's um, a very long story <clears throat> for a lot of people. I think it's it's a life journey, really. Um, no matter when you start it, it just it's just the way it is. One of my philosophy teacher calling this, um, you know, body modification like aesthetic mutilations. Aesthetic mutilation. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. It's true. We do. Um, it's some sort of mutilation, but it's mutilation only. Um, through the eyes of people who just don't get the fact that it's liberating, and uh, it's um, how is it liberating? Because finally, when you put things like you know uh, piercings or, or tattoos on you, you become really who you are. Um, if you don't do it under the influence of somebody else, 
of course, if you do it for yourself because it feels right, because um, because you need it, well then it becomes liberating. It helps you to go through the evolution process that everybody goes through. It can be a middle life crisis, it can be you know teenage crisis, it can be just somebody who's you know thirty odd years has everything and suddenly decides that no actually I need that to be complete and it just happens. People get tattoos and piercings for the, the most various and you know diverse reasons, but um, it why, just why did you get your first ones? What at thirteen years of age? It's very young. Yeah, you know, no, you, you barely be pubescent at that age. Yeah, just, no. just getting underway. <laughs> well, because um, I've done already a lot of research about that, I've always been really interested in in the body and. Um, and the ornaments of the body, because I used to be really, really interested in Egyptian mythology, mythology sorry, um, and the ways they used to decorate their bodies, um, and you know the imagery they had. And uh, when I was about twelve, I was at my granddad's place on holidays, and I saw a German couple, and um, the girl had a piercing. She had a labrum piercing, and I'm like, "Fuck, oh, that's really cool." A labrum piercing is a yeah, piercing through your bottom lip. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought it was really cool, but I didn't think more about that at that time. But then I started reading heaps of, well, I'm a huge science fiction fan, and um, I started reading some cyberpunk at that time, and I've always been fascinated by the mix between, um, you know, flesh and metal. It's, there's something there for me, it just works. Um, at about 13 as well, um... I mean, because I was the youngest of my class, um, I'd always been exposed to older people, older people, sorry, than mm. me, and uh, um, more interesting theories than people my age. It was a bit, you know, a bit, I don't know how to explain. It's a bit complicated, but anyway. Um, and then I met, you know, other people that were in the punk movement and uh, people that were in the body modification industry and people that had piercings and then I was like oh, actually I might, I might just give it a go because I reckon it would suit me Okay. and um, I didn't know why but I felt like I had to and I went and got my first piercing um, with my mom <laughs> she hated that and um, then she just got used to it, she just gave up what does your mother think now when she sees... She gave up. She, <laughs> she just, she just, you turn up with more metal in your face and she just shrugs her shoulder. And... She's like, oh, God, again. Okay. Yeah. No, she's she's not really nice about that, usually, so that's why I try to avoid mentioning it. Yeah, um, yeah now the last time I sent her picture, pictures of um, the sleeve and the latest piercing, she didn't talk to me for about six months. Okay. So. <laughs> well, you know, that's all, that's all fairly extreme. And... Yeah, what, are you, would you say you're into body modification? Yes, yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. I've got heaps of um, heaps of ideas that I cannot put in practice yet. I'm very, very admirative of Stellark's work. Um, as I was saying before, um, who was that? Stellark. Is that a person? Is it? Yeah, Stellark is a. He's actually an Australian um, performer and scientist who's been doing suspension work and has been doing um, oh, 
this guy is just absolutely amazing. He does things with his body just to see how far the human body can go. Okay. It grew, he is still growing, I think, an ear on his forearm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he uses this as ways to learn what the body can go. Okay. Can do, sorry. So it's very, very interesting. Um, for me, it's... See, but the, what you've got so far isn't what I'd call hardcore body modification. Oh, I've got nothing. No, you've, you've done a few bit of stretching of earlobes and a bit of tattooing. And tongue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but nothing hardcore, is it? For me, no, it's not hardcore. Uh, do you the, want to go into some mod- body modification? Yes. What would yes. you like to do? Well, as far as the aesthetic is concerned, I'd like to get my bottom lips... So it's scalpeled and get a lip plate. And what does that mean? Describe um, that. That means I would have to get my um, lip or the let's say the skin and the muscle cut underneath uh, your lip, underneath my lip, above your chin, above my chin. Yeah, a horizontal line that yeah. would be it's about eighteen millimeters long. Okay. To give way to a plate that would be around roughly sixteen millimeters long and about eight millimeters high. So an ovoid um, sort of plate. A plate? Yeah. Okay. And so that, what's metal plate that's inside? No, no. That's just a, uh, like a plug, really. Oh, so, so you can actually see plug. it. You can see it. You see it outside and inside. Wow. So and if you get a clear acrylic, you can see through, which is really funny. Wow. So basically you cut a hole. You'll you cut, cut a it, hole. Yeah. You cut right through and mm-hmm. then you put this plate in. Yep. And it becomes like, like like the stretches, like the yeah, stretches, like these yeah. solid plugs that you've got in your earlobes, but this is in your bottom much. lip. Yeah, very much. And like I said, if it's clear, you can, you see, can see through. You can see your gum and your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's hardcore. That's actually nothing. Then I want to probably get some transdermals on my temple. Transdermals are piercings, sort of piercings, are that half external, half internal. So you've got some sort of base that slides under the skin and you've got a little stem around I would say two mil high that comes out of it so you scalpel you you cut open the skin you slide the the jewel underneath and then you cut the skin on top of it to let the um the jewel come out okay and then you you basically um, screw the outside bits on top of it it's oh, okay. So you actually have a penetration through the skin, which, and then you and then you attach the decorative piece on top. That's on top of that. Wow. Yeah. How much anesthetic is used in the scalpels and piercings? Anesthetic. It depends. Some people use anesthetics. Some people don't. Um, I didn't for my cutting, but then again, it's really. Is there busy. a philosophy of not using anesthetic? The for pa- some people, the pain yes. is part of the experience. I very much see it like that. For me, it would be like that. I mean, we, we don't have any experience of pain anymore. We just don't know what pain is. So is the pain part of it? Yeah, the pain has, I think... It's part of the price to be paid for having the experience and It's not and... actually necessarily a price. It can be a reward in the sense that it makes you realise how important the experience is. It has to be a ritual. Um, okay. Pain is part of the process. But I don't see it as the, uh, the end of it. For certain experiences you have... To have a formative um, experience that involves pain. That's just the way it is. So, tell us about the suspensions. <laughs> well, that's something that involves a bit of pain, of course. Um, Describe your first suspension. What did you do? 
My first suspension, I was... When was that? That was in 2006. Yeah, 5th of February 2006. And um, I'd gone on to this website called BME, which is about body modifications and, and that sort of culture. Um, anyway, and I got in touch with Pete, who's now the guy who suspends me. Um, and he sent a message saying that he was organizing a suspension event, the first suspension event. I was like, oh, cool. Um, I'd like to have a look at that because I'd never seen any suspension. I'd never, I mean, I've seen pictures and I had friends back in France doing that, but I'd never... I don't know, I'd never felt like it was time for me to do it, or even to assist. Two days after I heard about the suspension, I decided that I was going to do a suspension, just to see if I, can, if I could do it, which led to huge arguments with my ex-partner, which was kind of funny. Yeah, so I decided to do it, and I was shit scared. I literally, um, for about two days, before I decided to go for it, I really was instead of anxiety so oh man it was really hard so what was it well that's just taking the steps that will lead you to leave the ground and it's like i mean it's not nothing you kind of you get shark hooks put through your skin and get lifted and suspended by your skin by many, your own skin how many shark hooks uh four that was four that time how, how what's the thickness of the shark hooks uh these ones are eight gauge which is how thick in millimeters um the first one uh, these ones were about four mils so four millimeter di- diameter diameter shark, shark hooks. hooks with the barbs taken off yes. so you can pull them back out yes <laughs> a, a slipped through folds of skin on your back pretty much with the help of in, an industrial needle that is um, a six gauge needle as well which right. is very very sharp so it's very quick yeah, sure but they're and still easy. punching yeah that's it it's penetrating yeah. the, the yeah. flesh and then these are sort of what's happened what happens to the sharp hooks um well then you get um you get tied up to the rig pretty much you uh, you the hooks get attached to the suspension rig, and then you get slowly, slowly lifted. It's what's that feeling like? It's very weird. Physically, it's like a very strong pressure associated with some sort of burning sensation. Like, you know, when somebody pinches your skin, but at the same time drags it or you know mm. pulls it towards them. It's very strange. Very, very strange. So you've got these four hooks. Pulling on the skin on your back. Yeah. Slowly stretching. Slowly as somebody, because um, you've got to signal to somebody that is pulling the rope to help you suspend. So it took me a bit of time to sort of get in the mood. And, and Chris who was pulling me, was really attentive and really, really good. And so, yeah, slowly he pulled me. And, um, and then I was on tiptoes and it's like, oh, I'm kind of close. But then... It's very hard to it's very hard to determine when you have to go up, but there's a moment where you go, just pull, pull me up. And he pulled me up, and it's like, oh my god, I'm not underground anymore. And that was one of the most impressive experiences of the past few years. I would not say my life, because now it's, yeah, it's a very strong experience, but it's, yeah, I'm sure that I'll find something a bit, um, a bit, more than this. Okay, I've got to ask the question for mm-hmm. me and for everybody else. Why? Good question. I have no idea. Um, because, because 
I wanted to see if I could do it because that's uh, because I'm too chicken to jump out of a plane um, <laughs> and skydive. Um, because it's very close to my culture or to the way I grew up, which is a bit different. I mean, it's uh, it, it has nothing to do with you know um, Western European culture, nothing at all, of course. But I mean, I grew up in a scene where body modifications and piercings and, and play piercing and rituals or that sort of stuff were almost normal because my group of friends were like that. So for me it's not taboo, it's just, just normal. If I'd been growing up in, yeah, let's say in Australia, near the beach and everything, I would probably have been, you know, surfing or, or tried kite or something like that, you know, it's just... It's just a need for adrenaline, the need for something interesting, something mm. that would shake me, mm. you know. Yeah. So that was your first suspension. Yes, that was the first. What were the other ones? Well, then after that, first, I have to say that the first one changed a lot of things. When I got back down, it's like, oh my God, I did that. That means that if I can do that, I can do pretty much anything. And it changed a whole lot of things in my life. Uh-huh. So it was actually a liberating thing for you. Like the ultimate mm. challenge was to confront this. And if you can do that, That's you it. can do anything. That's it. Well, uh-huh. then I ended up just um, just doing heaps of stuff. I mean, I used to be very, very shy. I'm still very shy. Um, but it's like, fuck this. Just, you've done this. You've been lifted by your skin. How many times? Just do it. You know, you can do a phone call and ask somebody for work. Right, you can do that. So that led me to, yeah, do good stuff. And then, yes, I kept in touch with Pete and we organized other things because he's got a suspension team called The Hangman. And he asked me if I wanted to do some shows with him, some performances. And the second suspension I did was a four-point knee suspension. So it's a reverse suspension. I got two hooks in each knee um, and it was upside down so whereabouts in your knee um, on the on each side of the um, of the kneecap so more or less well, top yeah that's so, so on, on, the, on, on the outside, on the outside and, and the inside yep that's it right well, and what was what was hooked into you the shark hooks again yeah shark hooks again um, slightly bigger this time and um, just through the skin yeah, just for the skin. You never go through the muscles. Okay. Unless, unless you do a very, very particular ritual that is a chest suspension. It's called an Okipa, and that's a Native American Indian, which is a very long story. Okay. And, um, you, yeah, it's very complicated. Very interesting. I might do it one day, but for the moment, no. Okay. Okay. So you did, and and the knee suspension, you were what hanging up? You said inverted. In yeah. Reverse? So you're upside down, and uh, and you've got your head, you know, well, pointing towards the ground. Sure. And that is, so far, the best I've done. I had so much fun. I stood up for half, for about yeah, half an hour. And well, you, had, you were upside down for half an hour. Yeah, and they had to. Physically take me down because other people were waiting to be suspended, and I was just swirling and self-suspending and do and just to see how far I could go. Was well, you can rock and spin around, yeah. and you, what reach down to the ground and spin yourself around. You don't even need to reach because if you start working on the balances and um, but doesn't that hurt? Actually, no. Once you're up, the adrenaline kicks in, the uh, the endorphins kick kick in, the endorphins, and, yeah, yeah, and you're just like ah, this is awesome, and you start flying. Wow. Yeah. 
So it's a euphoric experience. Oh, that was really, yes, yes. And you're so glad that you've done it as well. It's like I'm off the ground again. And it's not only being off the ground. It's that you're reinforcing your self worth feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really empowering. You're doing it again. It's not just you know just a one off thing. It's like I did it right. a second time. And you're upside down. Does it bleed? Um, it does bleed sometimes. I mean, I'm not a big bleeder. I've seen lots of my mates bleed heaps. Mm, uh, Tim usually... mentioned that the other night when yeah. he was cutting it, um, how little you bleed. Yeah, I don't really bleed unless I've been on the piss for, you know, <laughs> quite a few hours the night before. But no, I don't really bleed. That time I bled a bit because, well, I tore a bit of skin. Okay. And, um, and yeah, of course, when you tear a bit, you know, the skin... Yeah. That's just, you know, normal reaction. But no, that was not that bad. Okay. It was not that bad. So that's two suspensions. Yeah. Is, have you done any more? Is that it? I did six all up. You've done six? <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. I knew about those two, but I, th- I yeah. thought maybe another one. So you've done six until where the others done? Um, then I did two other back suspension, which are called suicides for shows um, right. with Pete. So just basic, um, you know, four hooks as well, get lifted. Yeah. Oh, you walk in the park now. Yeah, it's, Very it's, much. No, yeah. very much. Because now I make a big difference between doing this for shows and doing this for myself. The two last like, suicides I did were very, I mean, it's it's a show, so you have to be professional. Yeah. And um, you have to know that you're going to go up. You have to be ready. So the first one I was up for about eight minutes. The second one I was up for about 12 uh, first one I had to, because it, it was, you know, according to um, um, both times, I had to follow a song. Uh, first time I was by myself, and it took me, I had to be up in about four minutes. So it's actually a really long time when you do not control it to go up and, you know, lift the ground or that sort of stuff. Um, the second time I was doing a tandem suspension, so with another guy. And we had to be up in less than 20 seconds. Wow. So we got up in less than 20 seconds and then we were up and just, um, we had to <laughs> go up to get us, we were embracing. We got up, then we pushed each other and started kicking each other right. in the flying air around. and flying around. That was really fun. Wow, suspended from your back. Suspended from my back. Okay, okay. So, um, so you've done two performances. Yep. You inverted knee. Your back, your yep. back, and what then else? Then I did another knee suspension, but this one is not just a knee, that's knee and arms. It's called, uh, well, an inverted crucifixion, because you've got the crucifixion, okay. that is um, arms and, um, so and you're back. Up, so you're upside down with... Yeah, and forming cross. Okay, so you and that's the scars in your yeah. forearm, is so it? So these, these two ones, um, sort of back, the, sorry... The arm ones and um, and the knees again. Okay. Normally you would do it from the calves or the side of the shin, but um, no, it okay. was just not for me. Okay. Not that time. God, you're hardcore, aren't you, girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't see myself hardcore. Seriously, it's just just one of the things I do. I think it's extraordinary. <laughs> um, you know, like, and I, I don't even have a tattoo. But, um, That's okay. But I remember when you showed me the the video mm. of your. Um, uh, back suspension. I was just a gogger. It's just something quite extraordinary, and yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So where to now? I would really, really love to be able to modify my body in such a way that I can um, become 
cybernetically enhanced. That's one of my really, um, that's one of my dreams, I would say. So uh, if there was an accident and you lost a leg and you got a bionic leg, that'd be cool. Is that what you're saying? I would need, yeah, but I would need both. Because if you just have one stronger leg, it's just... But if silly. bionic legs were available, would you choose to have your legs removed? I would very much change my whole body. Wow. Not um, not necessarily everything out of cyber, you know, cyberware, but if I could get some reinforcement somewhere, that would be really good. If I could get memory enhances, acceleration, um, sorry, um, reflex accelerators, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you have no problems with the concept of um, human-machine interfacing? Oh, no. Oh, man, if I could plug myself in the, in the computer... Uh, in the network, any time, uh, any time. Not necessarily transferring my consciousness to a machine, although, I mean, if I was dead and the construct was, you know, closely modeled to who I am, um, I don't think it would really matter. I mean, once I'm dead, I'm dead. It doesn't really matter. But you have no problems with the idea of mechanical body parts? I would love mechanical body parts. Would you choose to have them in preference to your own body parts? I would choose, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's something I've always been fascinated by, ever since I was yeah about twelve, twelve thirteen. So it widely influenced my my well. So there is no end to this. You're twenty five. You've still got another sixty years of life ahead of you. You could be very different in sixty years' time. Yeah, I hope I will be very different. Every one of my body modifications are is, um, is a stone that I use to mark time. It's been. You know, it just reminds me, every time I look at them, I don't just see decorations. I see time. I see what happens, uh, what happened to me at that time, who I was with, why I did that, when, what was around me. Um, they're reminders of, of life. Mm. And uh, yes, I bloody hope so, that I'm going to be very different in 60 years. I hope I'm going to be better, because otherwise that'd be really silly. So if... Have you got any of your any of your stuff up on the web for people to go and look at you? Yes, I do. Um, I've got a Facebook. There's a few pictures on that. Um, I've got a page on BME, but that's a website that is usually reserved for people yes. about body modification. Oh, nice. So it's a bit special. I've got a MySpace. Can I um, can yeah. I have a couple of photos? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, sure. I'll put them up on the site yeah. and maybe a bit of video hmm. along with the. Um, Scarification that we did the other yeah. night, I'll knock that in the shape. But that's, you know, there's so much more than a couple of pictures. There's so much more than just, you know, that little talk. I mean, um, one of the things that really is important for me, for example, about body modifications is no matter what you do, as long as it makes you happy, as long as it makes you, f- you know, complete, and as long as it helps you becoming what you want to be, that's the way. I've got a very, very extreme body modification in plan, or planned, sorry, that nobody understands, that nobody wants even to hear about, and everybody says, oh, but you're very young, you're too young, blah, blah, blah. I want to get sterilized. That's a huge body modification, I think. It, it's not visible, though, but it's going to change everything about me. And why? Because I don't think it's necessary for me to have kids. I don't think it's fair either. If I ever want kids, if I want kids bad, I would adopt them. So why not just go and get yourself sterilized? You get your tubes tied tight. Because doctors don't want to do it. Because I'm 25. 
So, and a lot of people out there would say, but um, wait until you're 30 or 35, then you'll want to have kids. And then I would say, yes, but I don't want to take the risk of wanting to have kids or having kids if I want them. I want to force my st- myself to go down that path. A so, bit like um, putting a tattoo in the middle of your back. Very much, yeah. I'll have to go around it. If I want, if I want to have kids, I'll have to go around it very much as I did with the other one. Um, body modifications is mostly about mostly about becoming yourself. Some people do it for other people within the body mods industry and scene. Then again, you have to be inside the scene to understand these people and not judge them. Some people decide to get castrated for their partners and that's a big move that's Ca- castrated or castrated wow. not sterilized castrated wow. or some people decide to completely remove <clears throat> any um visible um sexual part so no nipples no navel no sex nothing wow and they're perfectly happy so it's see, I'm not male hardcore. and female, male and female. So you've got couples that are called um, nullos what? from nullos, nullification. Nullos. Yeah, and um, you do not know who was the male, who was the female, and yet they're still a couple. They are a loving couple, and they've got a perfectly healthy relationship. But no genitalia. No genitalia. Nothing. Wow. Yet it works. <laughs> yeah. So you people think I'm hardcore. Nah, I'm not. I'm really mild. Well, in this scene, well, compared to um, an accountant walking down the street, you're hardcore. But You'd be surprised yeah, how well, many accountants have genital piercings, for example. Yeah, sure, mm. sure, that's right. Um, just the perception. Well, you see, you wear yeah. a lot of your ornamentation on, you know, where it's obvious, on your mm. forearm, on your face, yeah. and stuff like that. Just because um, I want to confront people a bit as well. Yeah, it's well funny, you're, you're, you're a bit of a stirrer. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, wow, that's, that's hardcore. You know, you hear about um, genital mutilation, mm-hmm. which when it's forced upon yep. particularly young girls in yep. Africa, but then to actually go and do the same thing mm-hmm. as a matter of choice yep. is an entirely different thing. And that's it. It's like people who decide to um, self amputate their, you know, some of their limbs. Mm, I've heard about that one. Yeah. It's another extreme body modification. But it is another body modification. It's not more important than, or less important than, you know, having your tongue split or having a stretch ear or that sort of stuff. Mm. It's just another way of seeing it. Some people need more um, extreme, if I can call it, ways of getting stimulated. That's all. I suppose it starts with combing your hair, doesn't it? Yes, changing the colour of your hair is <laughs> yeah, a modification. That's right. And where it ends is... That's it. You know, Bodybuilding is a modification. Hmm. Surgery is a modification. Um, anything that you do to alter to alter the um, your appearance is body modification. Hmm. So women who wear makeup, I'm sorry, but they are modifying their appearance. Except they can call me a freak. They're still the same. They're still doing the same. Well, that's right. It's just so extreme. You know, like, I just am blown away by hearing about <laughs> things like removing your genitals. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, Mel, thanks very much for coming on the show. I Pleasure. really appreciate you uh, sharing this with me, and um, I look forward to actually flushing this out with a few other people you might lead me to meeting. Oh yes, and you'll see. I'm a very, very quiet and tame person compared to some of my freaks. Yeah. 
um, friends out there. <laughs> Thanks very much, Mel. No trouble. See ya. Bye. There are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.